guest is Dr. Penelope Shar. Dr. Shar is a board-certified internist with a focus on prevention and wellness. She has a medical degree from Albert Einstein College in the Bronx. Her residencies in New York and Rhode Island, and a 12-year practice with Norumbega Medical in Bangor, Maine. She was a nutritionist prior to attending medical school. She says in her brochure, and I quote, Conventional medicine views health as the absence of disease. Integrative medicine looks at the whole person, body, mind, spirit, and defines health as wellness. Assessment is often done in different ways, which can offer more treatment options for healing. My goal is to provide you with the safest and most effective therapies available. During a break, after my practice in Bangor, I explored many options in health and alternative healing modalities. I'm excited to include that knowledge in my work and to have a practice in which I'm able to spend the time needed for each patient and focus on wellness and optimal health. Her treatment options do include nutritional counseling, bioidentical hormone therapy, vitamin and nutrient therapies, IV therapies, and of course, detoxification, the topic of our soul show today. And her website is optionsinhealing.com, www.optionsinhealing.com. Welcome, Dr. Shar. Thank you, Cindy, for inviting me to be on your show. It's a real pleasure to be here. I do want to say in the interest of full disclosure that I am a patient at do of Dr. Shar's clinic, and that is how I initially met her. But let's get right to uh, the topic. Let's talk about toxicity. What do you have to say about that? Well, for starters, I think everyone is toxic. We have basically poisoned the air, the food, and the water. It's impossible to avoid. Every year, chemical companies in the United States manufacture over six and a half trillion pounds of 9,000 different chemicals mm. and over 7.1 billion pounds of 650 different chemical pollutants are released into the atmosphere and into the water. In addition, heavy metals are released into the environment from industrial manufacturing plants and fossil fuel combustion, including 48 tons of mercury annually. Exposure to these chemicals has created a toxic burden that extends from the old to the very young. There was a study done by the Environmental Working Group. Ah, great group, the EWG. EWG.org, okay. Environmental Working Group. A lot of good information on their website, Cindy. Mm. In collaboration with the Mount Sinai Medical School, conducted a study that assessed the levels of 219 industrial chemicals in nine adult volunteers with no known toxic exposure. A total of 167 chemicals, with an average of 91, were found in the blood and urine of the participants, including 76 carcinogens, 94 chemicals known to be toxic to the brain and the nervous system, and 79 that can cause birth defects or abnormal development. Another environmental working group study found an average of 200 industrial compounds, pollutants, and other chemicals in the umbilical cord blood of 10 newborn babies. So that's passed right from the mother to the infant. That's in, in the, the infant cord. when they're born. So they're born wow. with a huge number of, a huge burden of pollutants. So My goodness. basically, I think everyone is toxic. The question is whether the toxins are causing a health problem, whether 
they are preventing someone from healing or whether it's not an issue. There are many people that tolerate a great number of toxins pretty well. So the, the burden of, is different, you're saying, for everyone. And is that based on their biology, the DNA, or there must be a myriad of factors that that's based on? It's not the on? burden. The burden is there. The burden. How you deal with the burden is different from one person to the next. And that depends on what kind of, uh, it depends on your, your ability to detoxify. We have things that we're exposed to every day. We normally detoxify them if we have adequate nutrition, adequate um, ways of detoxifying these things, and, uh, and we can usually get rid of them. The people that can't are the ones who don't get better. The people whose symptoms don't get better when they're treated with conventional treatments, the people who uh, have some of these catch-all type of problems that don't really fit have into a treatment like a, yeah, that a works. Standard, yeah. Allopathic medicine normally treats people with drugs. There are a number of problems that come up with toxicity that aren't very well treated with drugs. Drugs also don't get to the bottom of the problem, and sometimes that's just basically not having enough antioxidants in your body so or eating a diet that doesn't give you what you need. Now, I want to underline here antioxidants. So what are the antioxidants that people need to have in their body? One of them is vitamin C. And as an example, you get vitamin C from tomatoes, but only if the tomatoes were picked within an hour or two of eating them or if they were not shipped from another state. So celery has a lot of vitamin C if you eat it, but the amount of vitamin C in fresh fruits and vegetables decreases a lot once it's been either processed, like in orange juice. If it's already been squeezed, you're losing the, anti the vitamin C in large amounts before you actually consume it. If you squeeze it right before you drink it, you get plenty of vitamin C. So time is the factor. That's why the raw foodists will say, if you're gonna do your juicing, your green juices, all that sort of thing, drink it, consume it within 20 minutes of juicing. Well, the, yeah. But you're saying also that it's from the farmer's garden to the table, that time is really relevant. So another great reason for buying local. Buying right? local. When you buy something that has been shipped from a long way away, it may have been picked three or four weeks ago, and it's been packed in ways that conserve the way it looks, but the nutrient content can fall off. So it's already been depleted. Another, another big concern is the depletion of nutrients in our soil. We need minerals. They're cofactors in a lot of enzymatic reactions, things like selenium and zinc, which incidentally both get bound up very tightly by mercury toxins. Mercury can bind up those minerals and then your enzymes aren't going to work properly. Some people don't tolerate that very well. Other people tolerate it pretty well. People's bodies are amazing. They can put up with an awful lot of abuse before they give out on them. People have a lot of, you know, nature did a good job designing this body for us. Mm -hmm. And once you, I, I've heard definitions of chronic disease being either you've got too many toxins coming in, or you've run out of the antioxidants you need to get rid of them. And 
it, it's an interesting balance that we have to have. The liver is a major detoxification organ, and once you start depleting some of the enzymes that you need to be able to detoxify, glutathione is another example of the mother of all antioxidants. Glutathione. Major detoxification enzyme, and the rate-limiting step is an amino acid called cysteine, so N-acetylcysteine often if you take that orally, is that the NAC? So if people were to purchase that in a store, is that, are you talking about the NAC that's sold? Yeah. Okay. N-acetylcysteine. And if you took that, that would give you the ability to make more glutathione. Taking glutathione orally, if it's not in a liposomal form, I've been told it really doesn't get absorbed. And what happens is your body breaks it down and you absorb the N-acetylcysteine that's part of it and then you can make your glutathione on the inside. But the thing is that glutathione is much more expensive than right. NAC. And when you say a liposomal form, what does that mean, a liposomal form? There are ways of taking some vitamins that have made them be absorbable by your mucosal system in your digestive system. And by putting it into, liposomes are little tiny oil droplets basically so it's putting the glutathione inside of a drop of oil okay and then it can be absorbed there's a new form of vitamin c that's come out that's a liposomal vitamin c people that have tried it say that it works really well the claims from the manufacturer are that it's much more absorbable than regular old vitamin c i personally haven't seen a whole lot of difference between the uh, buffered powdered vitamin c that people can take in fairly good doses and the liposomal, which is much, much more expensive. At this point in time, is it safe or correct for me to say that we cannot get all of our nutrients just from our food anymore? I would tend to agree with that. Even if you are buying locally, buying organic, avoiding pesticides, the soil's been depleted, and a lot of you know, there are tests you can get, actually, to see what your nutrient status is, and that may be one way to go. Another way is if you're feeling good and you're eating whatever you're eating, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So okay. <laughs> as long as you're feeling good, that's fine. But if you're having problems and you want to see what's going on, the first step might be to look at your diet and to try to get away from all of these pesticides because even if you peel the apples and the Environmental Working Group has a wonderful food chart of the most heavily pesticided fruits and vegetables and the least heavily pesticided fruits and vegetables. So if you're going to spend money on organic, spend it on the ones that are the most heavily pesticided. And they you can out, download that free, I think, on their site. Free on their website, ewg.org. And this year's list just came out, and apples came out number one. And people wow. say, well, if I peel the apple, how about if I scrub it? It doesn't do it. It's in the flesh. They have sprayed these things, and it's gone into the whole part of the fruit. So, so it's all the way in the fruit. It's, it's all the way in. It's not just in the skin anymore as the barrier. It's and, not. and that's true of people now. I mean, just based on what you um, were speaking to when we first opened the show, you're saying that these toxicants are... In, are, they're finding them in the placenta. They're finding them in the umbilical cords. Of and the when mom. people don't do well, a, a next step might be to look, depending on the person and the circumstances, might be to start looking at what kind of heavy metal 
body burden do they have? There, a blood test should have zero. There is no normal level of heavy metals in your blood. And so it should be zero if you did a blood test. What your body does when you're exposed to heavy metals is it sequesters them. It takes them and it puts it in places where it thinks it's not going to cause immediate harm. It puts mercury into your brain. It puts lead into your bones and into your brain. It puts cadmium into your heart. Mm. And so you have these things, they're put away into solid organs. And in order to do a test, the kind of testing that I do, that I was taught by ACAM, which is the American College for the Advancement of Medicine, was to do a challenge test with a small dose of a chelating agent. A chelating agent is something that will actually mobilize the heavy metal from where it's been stored, grab a hold of it, and take it out in the urine or in the feces. If you're constipated, this is not a good idea to do. You because should really keep you're gonna, your, you'll reabsorb it, uh, yeah. and then it'll resettle somewhere else, and that's what you don't want. You want to have it out. You so, want to get it out of your body. So you... Um, now, this test is controversial. There are people who claim that this is not true. However, I have seen results, and I've seen when I do treatment, I repeat the test, and I see that it's improving. So... You know, does it test everything? Probably not. It probably only can mobilize what's on the surface of an organ. And does it cross the brain barrier, the blood-brain barrier? The answer is probably not. But when there are empty spaces for these things to redistribute, the theory is that they, the heavy metals can redistribute to places where they are then accessible by the chelating agent. So the way I do a test is I give a small dose of a chelating agent the patient Put it into the bloodstream by IV. I do it intravenously. It can be done orally, but I do it intravenously because I'm licensed to do it and I can. You're a medical doctor. Right. And then the patient will drink a lot of water and collect urine for six hours and send a sample of that off to a lab that will analyze it and come back and say, this is how much we found in the urine of these heavy metals. And then the person can decide what to do. If the person, say, has a heavy lead burden, they might want to check their water supply and make sure there's no lead in it. Another big source of lead is just from living in an old house. The lead paint that the they used to talk paint about. has disintegrated. It's been scraped off the house. It's fallen into the soil. We track it into the house on the bottom of our shoes, and then we breathe it in. So that's why uh, you would recommend removing shoes when you go into the house. Absolutely. That's one way to minimize some exposure. If you live under a pathway for jet planes, jet fuel still has lead in it, mm, and you yeah. can get lead toxicity from that. If you grew up in a, an environment that was um, either a big city where there's a lot of pollution, or if you grew up during the time when lead was still in gasoline, these are all li lifetime collections. When so your, your body doesn't get rid of it. In other words, it stays It stays there? It stays there. And then there the toxic load, just the burden can just keep increasing. And then and builds. That is, you know, I've read about this in a couple books. I like, I want to plug Sherry Rogers' book, The Medical Doctor, who's an environmental physician as well as an MD like She's yourself. She's written a book called Detoxify or Die. Yeah. and That's she, a scary book. It is a scary book, but she um, she speaks about this this whole thing that you're, you're bringing up here today that 
that um, these accumulate and that and her one of her theories if I'm understanding the book correctly is that's why like in that middle age time when people sometimes start having these symptoms and they can't pinpoint in allopathic medicine what the issue is or there is an issue but they can't get to the underlying crux of it they just treat that um, most prevalent issue with a pharmaceutical and her theory is that everything has to do with detoxifying the body and she alludes to this about cadmium and heart disease in her book the mercury and neurological uh, function difficulties lead I mean she is like adamant about this in fact my personal opinion about women who get very um whose memory starts to go around the time of menopause right, is because yeah. their bones are turning over faster and the lead is being released because lead's been stored in the bones. Interesting. Women who've been told they have osteoporosis, if they have lead in their bones, they can't put calcium in their bones unless they get the lead out. Ah, because they're both competing for the... the well, the lead's already tighter bound more oh. tightly bound in the bones than the calcium would be. So the lead has displaced the calcium and all the calcium in the world, and vitamin D, by the way, it's not going to get rid of that lead. So even if they're taking the vitamin D3 that the vitamin D console says they need to take, uh, that still may not be enough? Well, the vitamin D doesn't get stored in the bones. You need vitamin D. You know, there are people who say that osteoporosis is not a calcium deficiency. It's really a vitamin D deficiency. I've heard that. And I just think about, from you. <laughs> we, we should probably get on to vitamin D briefly at least. Yeah. Because we live in the Northeast, and virtually everybody north of about Georgia in this country is deficient in vitamin D. Part of the reason is that for six months out of the year in this part of the country, the sun's angle is too much for you to absorb what you need to get vitamin D. Even if you sat outside naked from October until April from 12 to 1, you would not get the vitamin D you need. Mm -hmm. And when you go to the lab and you ask them, you know, if you ask your doctor to do a vitamin D test, a there's D3 a... Test. It would be, no, it would be vitamin 25 hydroxy vitamin D. Okay the um, supplement to take is D3. And right. I would say, do not, unless you're on dialysis, take the prescription form of vitamin D. You really want to take vitamin D from the health food store. Ah, okay. Because that's the right form of it. But when you do the test, and I encourage people to do this test, if you ask your doctor to do it, there are two different tests that could be done. One of them is a 125-dihydroxy vitamin D, and the other is 25-hydroxy. The correct test is the 25-hydroxyvitamin D test. That's the stored form of vitamin D. And you want to see what that number is. And when, and when you get it back, you don't want a letter from your doctor saying, oh, you're fine. You want to look at the results because if when you get a test, you also get a number and then you get a range. And it'll say, okay, your number is 30, and the range goes from 20 to 100. Do you know where the range comes from? The range is a mathematical computation. It's two standard deviations from the mean. So you say, okay, who did you do the mean on? Ah, okay. Was it people or in this country that were suboptimal in the first place? So you don't want to be in range. You want to be in the top 10% of the range, especially if you have anything wrong with you. you any kind of chronic or uh, Any kind disease. of chronic or, or fatigue or osteopenia or... Uh, depression. Yeah. Vitamin D has to do with every organ system in your body. 
And it's remarkable how much better people feel when they optimize their vitamin D level and they straighten out their diets. I mean, sometimes that's all people need to do. And straightening out the diet means quit buying processed food. So Go back anything to what in a box, could, don't do it. Anything that's been manufactured, don't do it. Anything with more than about three ingredients, don't do it. You know, it, it's it's difficult, I think, for some people because for like some heart patients and whatnot, you, you know, uh, the standard has been don't do butter, but you're allowed to do margarine. Don't do... Margarine's it, been shown to be much more toxic, especially to heart patients than butter. So and, they, you know, part of the problem is that what we consider a standard American diet is really a sad diet. Yes. <laughs> and so we get... We, we do not have calories with value. We have a lot of empty calories in our diets. And you want to talk about diet or you want to talk well, about I just wanna, detoxification? I, yeah, I want to I interrupt here and say you're listening to Healthy Options. Cynthia Swan, my guest is Dr. Penelope Shar, and this is your community radio at 89.9 Blue Hill, 99.9 in Bangor, and streaming online at weru.org. And yeah, we, we can go on and on about the diet, which I find fascinating. But yes, I want to talk about detoxifying. So we already talked a little bit about diet, vitamin D3, and we've talked talked about the, the need, what, what some of the studies are, and the environmental working group. So let, let's do talk about, you know, how, how does one, how can one detoxify? Well, there are a number of different ways. The first thing I would say is if you have a high level of mercury, and you can do a mercury challenge test, the, the, um, and you can find out is your mercury level high. If you have mercury amalgams in your mouth, it won't do you any good to go detoxify unless you've taken out the amalgams. To take and out the mercury. To take the mercury out. Amalgams are fillings that are made of mercury and other metals. They call them amalgam. The word means mixture. And so they are mixtures of things, but they start off at least 51% mercury. Mm. When they extract teeth and go analyze them, which doesn't happen very, you know, a mercury-filled tooth might have the filling analyzed after they've taken it out, say, 25 years later, they find often less than 20% mercury in it. And you say, well, where did that mercury go? In their body, right? Well, maybe mercury comes off of those fillings every time you chew, every time you stimulate them, every time you drink something like a cup of coffee or put a warm liquid in your mouth, it comes out. And um, there, there's some a wonderful YouTube video by the... International Academy of Oral Medicine and Toxicology, I-A-O-M-T, and it's a YouTube video, and if you put in smoking teeth, you'll pull up a video that will surprise you about what's going on with mercury. There's also a book you can get called It's All in Your Head by Hal Huggins, which is an excellent book, but I would advise people if they're going to get their mercury fillings out, first do a test to see are you mercury toxic? Or at least read about it and learn about whether this may be the source of your problems. And then go to a dentist that's been certified by IAOMT in the way to remove them. Because if just anybody removes them, you can get a much heavier burden at the time of removal than if you go through that Right, because there's, spe <clears throat> there's a specific protocol for there's removing a whole protocol. Uh, mercury amalgam because it is a dangerous substance. Well, the only places that it's legal to put it is in a toxic waste dump or your mouth. 
Yeah, which is or crazy. into a flu shot <laughs> or into fluorescent bulbs. And if you read Hal Huggins' book, you'll find the, you can read also about, if you're interested, the politics of all of this, which he is, um, uh, he very eloquently and factually states. And, and I, I know Gary Null has done numerous uh, programs about, uh, and we've done numerous programs here on healthy options about mercury, about in terms of vaccination and in our mouth mm-hmm. and uh, whatnot. So, so okay, so... They, so you'd need to get them... The, so the idea is you stop exposing yourself. Stop whatever the exposure first. Whatever your toxic toxicity is, if you're toxic in lead, stop the exposure. It could be in your cosmetics. There's lead in lipstick or in red fingernail polish, oh, yeah. some of them. The lipstick test is you put it on your hand and you take the nickel, is that true? And then it turns that silver color? I don't know color. if it's true or not. I've heard that before. Yeah. The Environmental Working Group, again, yep. ewg.org has come out with a safe cosmetics database. They've also come out with a sunscreen database. All of this is available for free online and you can look up your cosmetics and see what's in them. And you can avoid your exposure. So you want to, it's also in paints and in, so artists might, or people in the art field might be exposed. There are a lot of different places where you can get exposure. And some of the symptoms that could be caused, okay, arsenic might might cause, might be the cause of fatigue, headaches, dermatitis, muscular weakness, loss of hair and nails, anemia, skin rashes, Cadmium has been associated with the loss of a sense of smell, anemia, dry, scaly skin, hair loss, hypertension, kidney problems. Lead in children has been associated with delayed mental development, hyperactivity, delayed learning, behavioral problems. And in both children and adults, fatigue, anemia, loss of appetite, headaches, insomnia, nervousness, decreased nerve conduction, motor neuron disorders, any or all of these symptoms could be associated with a problem in any of these fields. And mercury can be associated with reduced sensory abilities such as taste, touch, vision, hearing, metallic taste, increased salivation, fatigue, anorexia, irritability, psychosis, mania, anemia, paresthesias, tremor, incoordination, tinnitus, which is ringing in your ears, and renal dysfunction. The thing is, you you'll notice there's a lot of overlap right. with all of these symptoms. And the, these symptoms also are very frustrating to allopathic doctors because many times they can't find anything treatable wrong with people when they come in with these things. And they just keep doing test after test and all of the tests come back normal. Mm. So what they're doing is they're ruling out that you have something like cancer or known heart disease or diabetes or something that they can treat. But then, they can't then they, nail then down. They, then they often <laughs> will tell you, since they're frustrated, that maybe you're depressed and try taking an antidepressant. Yes, right. But, well, you know, the, when you start looking at people's diets, when you start looking at the exposures that they've had their entire lifetime, how many people danced down the street behind the truck that was spraying pesticide the kids, yeah, from, yeah, the people that are now in their 60s. Yeah. And have toxicity still in their bodies from back then. From back I've then. seen people who have toxicity from exposures when they were children. So let's talk about chelation. Okay. Because Ke- that is um, something that is um, offered 
What is chelation and okay. how can that be helpful? Chelation is a way of getting heavy metals out. A chelating agent is one that will, the, the word chelate comes from the Greek mean of claw. And what it does, if you can picture a claw grabbing a hold of the heavy metal and grabbing it so tightly that it won't unbind and then it goes out in the urine or the feces. Mm-hmm. And that's the premise behind all of it. So taking some kind of chelating agent, whether it's orally or by suppository or by intravenous, will help get heavy metals out of your body. Um, Chelation, so after you, let's say, get your mercury amalgams removed and you decide you want to have some chelation to get rid of the mercury in your body, you could do a number of things. You could come in and get some intravenous treatment, You could do it at home orally, you could do it by suppository, and you would want, and you could even do it with some food supplements, things like chlorella and garlic. Uh, Cilantro? Cilantro would, those are, those are slower, but they are effective. So they can work, it's just that that's the longer path. It takes longer. So someone who can't or for whatever reason won't go. Or prefers to do it with a slow, slow, gentle detoxification. What's key is stop the exposure. Stop the exposure Give your body what it needs to detoxify. Okay. And then try to get rid of these things. And then let them come out. And then let them come out. Now, sometimes chelation's also been used for... (laughs) a treatment for people who have heart disease or um, want to prevent heart disease. Yeah, speak to that because I've I've seen that about chelation clinics in Canada and they're using it for all sorts of like high blood pressure patients, heart disease patients, people who've had maybe a bypass, don't want another one. That's right. And and this is, I've been watching this uh, with great interest. Um, because we don't offer that uh, typically to pay, well, at least... There are chelation clinics in this country, too, and well, there are people who are doing it. Well, you are, but... but well, there are plenty of people in the rest of the country that are doing it, But we don't too. hear about that quite as much, no. or at least I haven't. No, I it's preface not it. sensational. Yeah, it, usually it's the uh, hypertensive medic- medications, Plavix, um, the, the surgical options. So I, I was just astonished that this was an option for people. Talk, talk to that a little bit. Um, sure. Well, it, it, they don't know how it works, which is one of the reasons I think it's been marginalized. There is actually a study going on right now by the NIH, which is called the TACT trial, T-A-C-T. It's the trial to assess chelation therapy, where they're comparing people who have had heart attacks at least six months ago with a group that is getting real chelation versus fake chelation and real IV vitamins versus fake IV vitamins. They have finished enrolling patients in this trial. It's a multi-center trial around the country, and they're expecting to have some results. The last time I looked at the website, it was, uh, they're figuring about a year from now, July of 2012, that the results may be available. So they're doing a series of 40 chelation treatments for these patients or fake chelation, mm-hmm. and they're going to see how they do. Now, is it typically the cadmium that they're chelating? Well, it's, it's cad- been associated it's with? It's EDTA. Or? EDTA so is, EDTA? is ethylene diamine tetraacetic acid. Okay, it's that's a mouthful. A, <laughs> EDTA, all right. It's a synthetic amino acid. It was first discovered back in the 50s. There was a battery 
plant in, I think, Michigan, Mm -hmm. that the workers all got sick with lead poisoning. And this was in the 50s, and they didn't know what to do with it. Mm -hmm. So someone had heard that lead could be successfully removed with EDTA and grabbed it. They didn't need all the permissions that they need now to do something experimental and treated these people with EDTA. And not only did they do well and the lead was chelated out, but the people who had chest pains weren't getting chest pain anymore. And the people who had intermittent claudication, meaning they couldn't walk from here to there without getting terrible cramps in their legs, were suddenly walking 18 holes on the golf course. And the people who had diabetes and gangrenous non-healing ulcers on their feet and were going to get amputations, they weren't getting... They healed. They healed? They didn't... They healed. They didn't need the amputations. And and, so they they started looking at, oh my, what are we doing? And it turns out that EDTA chelates preferentially lead, cadmium, and aluminum. And... The cadmium, I believe, is the one that's very high. It also takes abnormal calcium out. And, you know, with all of these studies... Now, what's abnormal calcium? That's when it doesn't go in your bones, so it has to go somewhere. So sometimes they're theorizing that it goes into your heart arteries. Oh, and that would cause the calcification. It is. There are people who think that it is. That that's a... All right, so it's It's not not proven, but it's still on the table for discussion. And, in fact, the... um, there, there was a study that came out of the Lancet earlier this year that says that women are taking, in this country, are taking way too much calcium that we need to rethink what we're recommending to women to take postmenopausally because that calcium's not going into their bones. It's going into places like their heart so arteries. So that could be and problematic, right? Potentially. We don't want to say This it is, is one of those big reversals, those big medical reversals. Take, you know, don't eat butter, eat margarine. Oops, no, you can eat. But right, don't eat right. margarine or don't eat eggs. They're high in cholesterol. Oops, well, eggs are really good for you. And if you don't break the yolk, you can actually have eggs because it's not oxidized unless the yolk has been broken. But one of the big issues around the calcium, that whole aspect in, in my readings and some of the books I found in your library, they speak to uh, about magnesium deficiency, that that's the, sometimes a, a substantial problem for well, menopausal many, many people are women de- and for people who have heart disease or any kind of uh, blood circulatory condition. And there are people who believe all of us are deficient in magnesium, and that's one of the... I think Jonathan Wright, one of the gurus. A lo- there are a lot of physicians who believe we're deficient in magnesium, and certainly taking magnesium is, you know, if you take 400 to 800 milligrams a day, is not going to be bad for you. And so you could take it, you can get it from food sources, and you, you can try to in, include in your diet foods that are high in magnesium. Same thing with the other minerals. But you also may want to take some supplements of minerals. One of the things that this chelation, okay, so you, you would do a series of 20 to 30 treatments weekly, every two weeks of the chelation. And then you do a maintenance of once every four to five weeks for just keeping it to keep and those they don't know how it works, but what, mm. what I think is that it stabilizes the plaque and it encourages collateral circulation. There is no proof. This is my personal opinion, but Okay. this is what I think happens, but I do see people getting better. And I, I have a patient who's a diabetic that 10 years ago, or more than 10 years ago, was told by her doctor, well, just resign yourself. You're going to lose your legs. Wow. And she said, no, I'm not. And she went and started chelation way back then. She sees me now because I'm closer than any of the other chelating doctors in Maine, and she still has both of her legs, and in fact recently had a problem with an ulcer 
on her foot and had not been to chelation for a while because she was having some other medical difficulties. And when she finally came back and started doing chelation, she got blood flow to her foot. That and is amazing. It, it is amazing. That is amazing. We're, you're listening to um, WERU Community Radio, Healthy Options. My name is Cynthia Swan. My guest today is Dr. Penelope Shar of Bangor, Maine, optionsinhealing.com. This is 89.9 Blue Hill, 99.9 Bangor, and WERU.org, streaming online. We're going to take a little break, and then we're going to open up to callers, and we're going to continue our conversation about detoxification. Welcome back. You're listening to Cynthia Swan. This is Healthy Options, and my guest today is Dr. Penelope Shar. We've been having a conversation about detoxification and also about vitamin D and about food and about chelation. And um, I, I want to talk a little bit about um, clothing, Dr. Shar, because uh, you mentioned that prior to the show and specifically around children. Okay. And well, I think ant- that's antimony is a heavy metal that is causing more damage than people are realizing. And it's antimony? Antimony. The chemical abbreviation is capital S, small b. SB is the chemical formulation for it in the table of the elements. It's a heavy metal, and it's actually found in fire retardants. So it's in bedding, it's in clothing, children's clothing specifically, and in upholstery. And in certain children that have problems with methylation, it's problems with doing certain things in their DNA, they are susceptible to problems, really big problems with the antimony. And so if you're going to invest in anything with your children, invest in organic bedding, organic clothing for their sleepwear, because these kids are burying their faces in this in this in their, fire in retardant their. material. Well, I was interested, it was interesting to read that in the, um, that uh, clothing is treated with formaldehyde, the permanent press clothing. And that, uh, and I was surprised to read somewhere, and I, I don't know if this was something you... Right, no, it was right here in the detoxification booklet from Thorne. T-H-O-R-N-E. Right, Thorne Research. But basically, wear only natural clothing, 100% cotton, bamboo, soy, linen, wool, or silk. Make sure they are not permanent press or wrinkle resistant. They have been treated with formaldehyde that does not wash out. So that was amazing to me that formaldehyde doesn't wash out of these clothes. Oh, I want to remind callers, feel free to call in if you have a question um, uh, to today's show. And our call-in numbers are one 866 625 9378. Let me repeat that again. 1 625 9378. 
you can feel free to give us a call at any Cindy, time. Cindy, I wanted to make sure I mentioned a couple of websites for ah, people. Ah, yes. The Environmental Working Group, which we've talked about several times, ewg.org. The Vitamin D Council is a website with a lot of really good information on vitamin D. It's You have to write out the word vitamin, but Vitamin D Council, C-O-U-N-C-I-L dot O-R-G. There's a website for genetically modified. We didn't get onto that yet, but it's responsibletechnology.org. And there's the Alliance for Natural Health, which is a lobbying organization in Washington that sends out, it's a consumer watchdog organization and sends out notifications to get people to write letters when they're trying to limit your access to supplements or trying to prevent people from buying raw milk, but it's okay to buy raw eggs and raw meat. And um, that would be anh-usa.org. I think that's a very, very worthwhile organization. Alliance for Natural Health. And if people can afford it to pay $25 to join, but even if you can't afford it, you can spend, you can sign up for their free well, you can be newsletter. Informed. You can and be informed. You can get their action alerts and, and their newsletter. And that's for the activists that are listening and the environmental activists and the food activists. Uh, you know, yeah, this gives you an opportunity when people say, what can I do? It's an opportunity. We have a caller. So welcome, caller, if you'd like to state your first name and the town you're from and, um, and your question. Yes, good morning. Is it me? Yes, it's you. Okay. Good yes, morning. Uh, my name is Kai, and I live in Phippsburg. Um, could you please ask Dr. Shar whether or not there's any help that can be uh, figured out with chelation for psoriasis? Since, you know, the skin is the largest organ that That's we have. That's right. It's the largest detoxification organ we have. And psoriasis, in my experience, has often been associated with food sensitivities. And so if you can do an elimination diet, that might vary. And, and also vitamin D deficiency. Get your vitamin D level checked. Mm-hmm. And look at the Vitamin D Council website and get some recommendations on dosing. And also look at your food sensitivities and that would not be a food allergy a food allergy is when you eat something and break out in hives and you know what that is this is when you eat something and you have a problem with your skin eczema is frequently associated with dairy or wheat psoriasis is frequently associated well the five most common food sensitivities that i have seen are wheat dairy eggs soy and sugar. So if you wanted to eliminate all of those and see if your psoriasis heals up, another problem with psoriasis is people often don't have enough stomach acid. And if you're taking antacids, I would recommend not. But um, Was wheat, dairy, oh, eggs was left. Yeah. Eggs, soy, and sugar. All right. So, soy and sugar. And I, I, uh, when you talk about the stomach acid, you replace that with the, is it betaine? Well, you you, you need to not just run out and do this. I'm not okay. going to give that kind of advice I over know, the air. I know. You're a physician. You don't want to give that blanketed advice. <laughs> okay, but they can look there at ways, the hydrochloric acid. Yeah, there's a, there's a good book that you can get by Jonathan Wright, and it's called Why Stomach Acid is Good for You. Okay. By Jonathan Wright. Wonderful, wonderful W-R-I-G-H-T, MD. yes. Out of Tacoma, Washington. And I think he That's has right. his own health newsletter as well. He does. And... Well, thank you so much. All right. Thanks thank for you. calling. 
Again, you're uh, listening to Healthy Options. My guest is Dr. Penelope Shar, and you can call us with a question at 1-866-625-9378. I'll say it again, 1-866-625-9378. Let's continue our conversation. You... Um, if you wanted to read some about chelation, I do encourage people to become as familiar as they can with what they're going into. One of the books I recommend we mentioned before is the book by Hal Huggins called It's All in Your Head, and that's about mercury toxicity. And he's a dentist and a researcher. He's a dentist and a researcher. There's a book that's about chelation for your heart and for stroke prevention, and it's called 40-something Forever by Harold and Arlene Brecher, B-R-E-C-H-E-R. It's an old book. You can probably get it very inexpensively in a used form. I often buy it from thrift books where they give you free shipping, and, um, and that's available on there. We There's have, I'm sorry, I'm interrupting you. <laughs> we have a, we'll get back to that. We have another caller, and I'd like to um, bring them on because we don't have a lot of time. It's time goes by so quick on the show. Welcome, caller, if you'd like to give us your name and the town you're from and address your question. Uh, yes, my name is Sarah. I'm from Bangor, and um, I briefly spoke with Dr. Shar on the phone, and I'm interested primarily in affording a chelation that I can do at home and what one she would recommend. I've been exposed uh, pretty severely last summer to fluor polyurethane um, on my feet. I walked on it without knowing. Um, anyway, uh, I also feel like I, I've been de- battling depression for... Okay, okay, Sarah. Um, I'll, le- I'll let Dr. Shire respond to that. Hi, Sarah. Hi. Um, as far as doing chelation at home, I think that I, I, I don't have a recommendation just off the top of my head. I generally go through people and I go through a comprehensive um, history and physical to try to figure out what's going on. And sometimes there's some testing and sometimes we can take a stab at it without the testing. But, you know, like I had mentioned before, if you can optimize your vitamin D and really get your diet on track with no processed foods, you know, avoid anything with additives and preservatives and white flour. If you can try to get to as close to what you can pick or grow. And if you're going to, if you're going to eat meat or fish that you either get wild caught fish or you get meat that's been grass fed, if you can stay away from genetically modified foods that can make a huge difference. Mm-hmm. And then working with food sensitivities can help. But if you're going to get into the detoxification at home, the things you can use for that are based on specifically what's going to work. And sometimes I need an opportunity to really go over the specifics of your case to be able to make a particular recommendation. Okay, but is it possible to get a chelation agent if I were to work with you that I wouldn't have to go through that costly Oh, yes, absolutely. There are lots of different ways to do it. Okay, and uh, it's funny, years ago, my friend kept asking me, why are you eating bunches of cilantro? And I had just (laughs) been, a a roommate decided to be clever and sand the windows, and I had just tested them for lead. Oh, God. And anyway, I I trust in the instincts um, that I'm building, and sugar is really bad, and I've been trying to inform people around me of this as well, just 
how much better you feel when you eat locally grown food. And, That's right. Um, One of the things you might want to look into online is a product called Metal Free. Okay. And it's basically made up of a number of different herbs and things like cilantro and algae and spirulina. I think spirulina might be in it. And it, it is a very long, slow detoxification, and it's not cheap, but you, it's something you can do at home, and you can, but look into it. And Just, it may work. You're saying it may work. You don't know. I don't know whether it will, medical but advice go, what I'm suggesting is that you look into it. Okay. And All make right. your own decision. I'll definitely make an appointment to see you, though. <laughs> well, Sarah, thanks, <laughs> okay. thanks for mentioning that, because I think that was good. Um, I, I want to ask you a, a question, because Sherry, uh, Sherry Rogers uh, talks about in Detoxify or Die, far infrared saunas as a detoxification, and also we haven't talked about colonics. Briefly. Okay. Well, can we, you just give a brief okay. bit on your sense of that? Okay. I think I did touch on the fact that you don't want to be constipated, or I didn't oh, put right. it specifically. You really don't want to be constipated, and it is a good idea if you can get a colonic after your chelation treatments or at any point during the chelation. Colonics are a really good thing to do. It's a hard sell to most people. Oh yeah, because the whole idea of it's the enema. Now you could do, uh, now I've read that an enema, about five, six enemas equals one colonic because the colonic goes and penetrates the bowel more effectively and efficiently. But people could buy a home enema kit and do that on their own as well as a part of their detoxification. They could. You want to be sure you're not constipated because if you're removing metals, they will recirculate. They will go back in and you will redistribute them to some place you probably don't want them to be. As far as the far infrared sauna, that's a really good way. Your skin is your largest detoxification surface that you have. And when you get into the sauna, what one of the lecturers in the most recent chelation conference I went to was was recommending was as soon as you get that sheen of oil on you, jump in the shower with a loofah sponge and Castile soap and get it off because that's where the toxins are and you may reabsorb them if you don't get them off. Ah, okay. So then you can get back in the sauna and sweat all you want, but it's that sheen of oil that first comes out that has toxins. What about the controversy? You know, uh, Sherry Rogers is big on the far infrared. Some people just have a Swedish sauna. What's your sense of that? I'm not sure it makes much difference, So, it would but that's depend. my opinion. Okay, that's an opinion. Um, you're listening to Healthy Options. I, my guest, Dr. Penelope Shar. we're talking about detoxification. If you have a question, please feel free to call us at one 866 625-9378. Again, our number is 1-866-625-9378. Now, Dr. Shar, I, inter- I, I interrupted you when you were talking about websites and books. Okay, Sorry. there was one other book that I would recommend that people might want to read. It's called Bypassing Bypass Surgery by Elmer Cranton, who's an MD out of the Mount Rainier Clinic in Mount Rainier, Washington. Bypassing Bypass Surgery? Right. Wow. And um, it's about chelation. Okay. And so those are two books. The, the 40-something Forever book by the Bretchers is written by non-physicians for non-physicians. The one by Dr. Cranton is a little bit more in-depth and a little more on the medical side. So you have two books there that are pretty good for researching if anyone is interested into whether chelation might be something they wanted to think about. So I want to ask you a question here. I want to ask you why, you know, you were uh, working in uh, at, uh, allopathic, in medicine. allopathic medicine for a number, you know, much of your life, and you segued into integrative medicine. What, 
tell us about that. Well, How did that happen? I, I burned out. I felt like I was becoming a drug pusher, and I really just couldn't. I wasn't seeing good results in many cases. In some cases, I was. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's certainly a place for allopathic medicine. If your appendix is infected or inflamed, you need a surgeon. You don't need an herbalist. And if yes. you've got pneumonia, you really want an antibiotic. You don't want to go take something, a supplement that you've bought. But at the same time, there's a lot of room for the other side, for good nutrition, for trying to avoid the toxins that are bothering you specifically and it's a specific population that just is the one that is willing to do the work i don't have a magic pill and Mm -hmm. so people have to do the work i can be a cheerleader but i can't make you better i don't have and unfortunately there are people who treat supplements as though they were drugs they take a supplement and they expect that it's going to make them better immediately Mm -hmm. and it doesn't work like that it's a whole lifestyle thing the whole lifestyle piece goes along with good nutrition Stress reduction, that's a big one because adrenal burnout is a big thing. It's big, yeah, adrenal oh, yeah. fatigue. And the cortisol levels. And the cortisol levels, mm-hmm. which interfere with a lot of things. And, you know, when you're, when you're living on high adrenaline, it's sort of like being a deer in the headlights. I mean, think about it. All of your blood is now poised and ready to go to your legs so you can run away from the tiger. In, and you can't digest your food. So if you live in that constant state of hypervigilance... No wonder why people have digestive problems. And not only digestive problems, you don't get the nutrients that are in the food. You're you not can't assimilating absorb them. them and absorbing them, yeah. So you're... You're, you're kind of, yeah. You're short-circuiting your ability to heal yourself. Exactly. Now, you, you mentioned about um, GMO. I think we have another caller here. So we may um, bring them on board here in the time remaining. Um, yes, we do. So welcome caller. And if you'd like to give us your name and your town and address your question to Dr. Shar. Hi, uh, my name is Nancy. I live in Belfast. Um, I was one, I came in late and I didn't hear everything that you were um, saying, but I was wondering if Dr. Shar could ad- address hypothyroidism in terms of uh, chelation. Well, what I have found, mercury is very often associated with thyroid difficulties. The other problem that comes up with thyroid is that um, if you look at the chemical table of the elements, the iodine is in the same column with fluoride, chlorine, and bromine. And we get a lot of exposure to all of those chemicals, and they all displace iodine. And so if you have chlorinated water in your home, and you take a shower, it gets absorbed through your skin. If you swim in a chlorinated pool, you're absorbing it through your skin. If you eat any white flour, that's been bleached with chlorine gas. And fluoride comes from most water supplies are putting it in, most communities are putting it in their water supplies. The, um, and it's hard to get it out too. There are filters you can get to get it out if you want to. Um, toothpaste, if you're not careful, all have fluoride in them. They're hard to find, the ones that don't have fluoride. And then there's bromine. Up until, I think it was the 60s, that they used iodine as a decaking agent for flour, but then they switched it to bromine. So now most flour has got bromine in it. And all of these will displace iodine. And iodine is critical for your thyroid and also for a lot of other tissues, for breast tissue, for ovary tissues. And so just trying to avoid some of those and 
get your mercury level checked, or if you have mercury amalgams, you may want to try to get the mercury out of your head, and then sometimes the thyroid will straighten itself out. Um, Wonderful. I wanted, um, I, oh, I'm sorry, I wanted to just add, what about the iodineproject.org? Um, I was given, okay, I was given that from uh, a holistic dental hygienist, Mary, uh, Mary, Lynn. Mary Lynn, down at, uh, by, at the Biomolecular Dentist's office here. And check it out, uh, the website, the Iodine Project, either it's, I think it's iodineproject.org. Uh, that will also have a lot of inf interesting information. And Dr. Shar, you loaned me Guy Abraham's work of a conference you went to, which I found fascinating. And there, that's that, there's a lot of controversy around that. Okay, but well, I like controversial. <laughs> I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Go ahead, Sarah. Or I'm I'm sorry. Go ahead. Are you Nancy. still on the line, Nancy? Oh yes. Um, I was wondering how to contact Dr. Shar. Um, you can contact her uh, via her website, uh, optionsinhealing.com, and all of her other contact information is on there. And your and the phone number. I'll give you the phone number. It's two one seven. Eight eight seven eight. Eight eight seven eight. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thanks, Nancy. Um, we're starting to wind down here. As always, there's. It seems like there's so much I want to talk about, and there's never enough time. I'm so glad that Nancy called about the iodine piece. That's a whole nother show uh, that we have to look forward to. Okay. <laughs> so I want to thank my guest um, and genetically modified foods. I want to thank my guest, Dr. Penelope Shar. Um, out of Bangor, Maine, optionsinhealing.com for being on the show today. I want to thank all the callers and the great information we get. I always feel this is a great community show. We have amazing community members. And I want to thank Joel Mann for engineering Be Lost Without Him. This is Cynthia Swan signing off from Healthy Options. Thanks for listening. Support for WERU health-related programming comes from the